Blog Talk Radio. I'm Robert Rogers, and this is Parkinson's Recovery. It's 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Central, and 3 p.m. Pacific Time. And it's Wednesday. That means that it's time for our weekly radio show, the show where you can get support, guidance, information, and support if you currently happen to be experiencing the symptoms of Parkinson's disease. I have a great announcement before I want to kick off our show with our special guest. I've just heard from the publisher of Road to Recovery from Parkinson's Disease that they are putting out a special 15% off discount on all orders, actually all orders for all the books of this particular publisher. I want everyone to know in case you're disposed to acquire uh, that particular second edition just uh, was released in March of this year. Road to Recovery from Parkinson's Disease. You can go to my website uh, that discusses that particular work, and that address is www.parkinsonsdisease.me. And if you decide you want to purchase the book, be sure by the end of the month to put in the coupon code MAYSAVE305. So that's M-A-Y-S-A-V-E-305. And they've got a great 15% off discount. I haven't seen them do that since uh, they've been putting out my book now for over a year. Road to Recovery from Parkinson's Disease contains all the information I've learned over the last four years of what is making a huge difference to individuals who currently experience the symptoms of Parkinson's. You can acquire all the information from my radio shows and the blogs, but in the book I actually summarize everything that I've actually learned that is really revolutionizing the lives of individuals who currently happen to have a diagnosis of Parkinson's disease. The body really does know how to heal itself. It just needs a little help sometimes remembering how. This is Robert Rogers, and you're connected to Parkinson's Recovery. My guest today is Holly Hughes, who is a mother, daughter, sister, friend, aunt, lover of life, grace goddess, culinary creative, pioneer, social activist, yogi, wellness coach, entrepreneur. How about that for a list? Her passion is teaching whole body preventative health through education, committed to action, and personal empowerment. She shares the only three controlling factors of health, how she moves, how she thinks, and what she puts in and on her body. Her mission is, as messenger, we awaken to an era of holistic healing through compassion, innovation, and enthusiasm. Holly, thanks so much for being with us today. Robert, thank you for having me. What a wonderful introduction. I'm very excited to be on this path. You uh, have a story to tell people uh, about encountering symptoms and what you've done about it. Would you like to tell folks when they first emerged and what happened after that? Yes, I actually, uh, listening to your introduction was very powerful for me. I feel like the past, uh, the most recent few years of my life have really been magnified because of the, the clarity of purpose that I am on to heal my own body and to share as much 
as I learn along the way with as many people as who will listen. Uh, but in that point of recognizing that shift in my life, it, it really becomes clear to me how um, the more I share with people and the more passionate I get about it, the more I see that many people are just checked out. They're checked out of their bodies. They're checked out of their life. They're sort of in a daze doing possibly things that other people have told them they should be or could be good at. And so searching for that purpose has created newness for me. And back, um, you know, five or six years ago when I first started feeling the symptoms of Parkinson's disease, I had no idea that that is what was happening in my body. In fact, I was really just coming into learning about body movement and taking kinesiology seriously and shifting more into uh, teaching yoga and learning it from a health aspect of getting my body strong. Um, but going into that, I was actually coming out of a uh, corporate world where I had had my own business and run a boutique creative firm in Chicago became very stressful. And so it was not unusual for me, uh, I didn't feel that it was unusual to have hands shaking. Um, it was very similar to being dehydrated or having a, a, a serious workout. And, you know, I would feel, you know, the similar things that you feel over anxiety or stress. That was sort of what I was associating it with, was the fact that I was taking on uh, big things in my life, a lot of things that I didn't know about. And so specifically the tremors is, is what I can trace back the furthest because that is what is physical. And I noticed them for many years before I really uh, was diagnosed with Parkinson's. And like I said, they were very slight, and it was always on the same side. And in having that happen, I just thought that it was stress. So as I learned more about, um, well, let me take you to the point where I was actually in Las Vegas, Nevada, and I was actually working in the field of preventative health for whole body detoxification, and this was before I knew that I had Parkinson's disease. I was just on a mission uh, to clear out my body and really take physical uh, control of the body. And another interesting piece, is, as you were introducing, was that I had, this was in the process, probably about 2006-2007, when I was in the process of designing what this wellness piece would look like and how could I um, wake people up to really focusing on what what we do have control of. And that was where it really landed for me, how you move, how you think, what you put in on your body. And it's interesting that in the last couple of years, I've really had to rethink that piece about how I move being something that I control. Because in the case of Parkinson's disease, in truth, it is not necessarily something that I can control. And so, um, not that I've changed my uh, mantra, because I do believe that for most people, that is a very important piece, choosing uh, how to move and moving on purpose has really created a, a new perspective for me 
as far as my whole body health. And while I was exploring these elements of building a wellness regimen that I could um, keep very simple for people, it, I was working a lot with naturopathic physicians who have gone through an MD curriculum but are choosing to heal people from a systemic approach rather than mask symptoms of possible diseases that come in front of them. And as I'm working with naturopathic physicians in Las Vegas, I was actually very committed to a, a specific um, herb, and was sharing this new herb that is was recent at the time from China, and when I was in the naturopathic physician office was when he flat out asked me, have you been diagnosed with Parkinson's disease? And at the time, I my, my face got kind of still, uh, and I thought, well, no, I, I sure haven't, you know. And as a matter of fact, I don't, even, I don't even see a doctor regularly. And I didn't think much about it in that day, but I was very clear about what I was on purpose there to do, which was working with this product and expanding the awareness of, of the immortality. And by the third visit, there was only about um, five or six serious naturopathic physicians that I wanted to visit in, in Las Vegas. The third doctor asked me the same question uh, within a week, and and I, I, I kind of got upset about it. And I said, well, I would like to know why you're asking me this. And And she said... I can see one of your earrings moving. And that's unusual that there's that much difference in one side because the rest of your body is very still. And so she did some simple um, paper tests and, and kinesiology tests. And, and I remember at the time feeling, um, feeling what it must be like to come from the exact opposite of alternative medicine because I, as she was having me hold this um, particular regimen that treats Parkinson's disease in one hand and then pressing down on my arm with the other hand just to give a little background, a kinesiology test is a very common form of strength that many types of doctors, and I've actually seen it used more often in personal coaching. Coaches will use this type of test to say, okay, well, what makes you stronger, Coca-Cola or water? What makes you stronger? You know, and you can hold any sort of object in your body. And in fact, I have used this test for many, many years just having images of something in your body where we talk about the power of intention and, and thinking things and, and how it creates strength in your, in your energy field. And so this is a test that I had really believed in and, and have had phenomenal results coaching people into self-power by using this device of physical strength, whether it's me thinking something about what's happening in the room or asking that person to create a picture or actually holding a physical object. And so this kinesiology test is a test that I believed in. And when she performed this test on me while I was holding this um, bottle that was actually treating the um, Parkinson's disease, I lost my strength. And I doubted the test. The first thing that happened in my conscious mind was, well, this can't, this can't work. This test can't work. And I remember laughing out loud 
the other side of my brain was laughing out loud saying, Holly, you know these tasks work. But wasn't that interesting, Robert, that this is what happened when it was when the shoe was on the other foot and here was my life and my health that I was talking about <laughs> and as I was having that experience, I thought this can't possibly be happening to me and immediately tears came to my eyes. And it came to my eyes because Parkinson's in my um, experience at, at that time, 30-some years old, was an old person's disease, and I thought, how, how can this be? And I took several other bottles of supplements that I knew I was working and that were creating differences in my body and did that same strength test right there in her office. And, in fact, I had the strength in, in my arm, and she could not, you know, resist. You know, I could hold up to her resistance. Like in, and so basically the test worked when I was u- touching the supplements that would work for my body. And just to clarify, too, um, this, is, this is not to say whether a drug works or not. You could be holding a proven drug in your hand. What a kinesiology test really does is says whether it's something your body needs. So I might be holding the purest water in the world, but if my body is hydrated and clean and detoxified, I might not... Um, be able to hold my arm straight up because my body already has what it needs from that. So it's not necessarily saying it's a good or bad thing, but the strength says, yes, do you need it? No, do you not? Would this give you strength in your body? And when I held that um, Parkinson's disease treatment, it in fact said, yeah, as a matter of fact, you really could use this in your body right now beginning today. And that for me was enough shock that I... um, in true human form, <laughs> completely dismissed the entire incident and uh, left her office thinking, isn't that interesting? Like, this, this lady must be locked up. <laughs> and, and looking back, it really was funny to me because that was my human response is, no, she must not know what she's talking about. Um, but I did pay attention and I paid immediate attention enough that I went ahead and um, called my regular doctor and explained that I had some concerns. I I, uh, pretended like they were other concerns and went ahead and got a CAT scan, an MRI, blood test, and several ultrasounds, and and I did the whole everything. Everything that a person would do as a midlife baseline. That was basically what I was expecting that I would like and with blood work though you have to reveal what it is you're testing for or else you won't you know you could test for a million things and so with the blood work specifically I had asked to is there any way you can see about Parkinson's disease and of course as many of us know who are listening to this show the, the real truth is that that usually can only truly come out in an autopsy but there is a um some sort of relativity to the production of serotonin and dopamine in the brain that can be tested with the blood. And I had a, you know, after 
several months of of denial, um, had actually asked enough questions and worked with some researchers at uh, Rush University and some researchers from other foundations that support Alzheimer's and Parkinson's and other neurological conditions to know that there were indicators that they would look at that most doctors might not be looking for or would dismiss saying it could be one of a, a thousand things, you know. And um, I have, in fact, felt some of those repercussions over the last few years of um, attempting to get into certain research studies and attempting to insert myself into equations where people are saying, oh, you know, you're really not sick enough to, to we really know if you have Parkinson's Holly. Like, really, you know, you shouldn't even be saying that. And that has created a lot of... Um, Interesting dynamic, again, back to the whole conscious ego of it, saying, okay, well, what's really going on with my body then? And what I decided after getting this arsenal of tests back, uh, this was um, August, almost uh, two, almost three years ago now, um, that, that it really didn't matter what the diagnosis was, what I knew is that I had symptoms that could be reversed and that I was going to do as much as I could to eliminate those symptoms through natural whole body approach uh, using alternative medicines and proven herbs and, and food, nutrition, in such a way that I could, you know, get to the point where it wouldn't really matter because there wouldn't be anything left as far as a chronic condition. And so that's really been the path that I've been on uh, for the last few years, that the diagnosis and the, the testing. And uh, fortunately for me, unlike many other people who spend their whole lives struggling to get the attention of doctors, I gave up on that right away. I decided that I was not going to go through the rejection and abandonment and really the misery, the um, uh, the the feeling that I'm being discounted, that my emotions and that my physical state is being discounted because it's not you're not sick enough, and and we can't really say you have this because you're not in a wheelchair or, or you're not falling over or or you're not you know shaking constantly. And when when I heard that enough, um, which was really only over the course of a few months, I I just stopped going down that path. I, I decided that I was going to work in a realm that acknowledges that these diseases have phases. And um, as some people may or may not know who are listening to this program, when tremors do come on, it is believed that the dopamine in the brain, the production of the dopamine, is at 20% or less of what a normal brain functions on. And so that is when these symptoms start to show up. And so that alone was enough evidence for me, knowing the level of dopamine in my brain, that it was clear I, I got to work, that what I get to do is work on rebuilding that system and in some realms and and as there are many views of all perspectives in life some people say oh well you you know that's not even possible and 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 we know for sure that it is possible um because there are other science
scientifics. In, in fact, um, part of the piece that I really spend a lot of time doing right now is researching what is working. Even though I do not subscribe and, and I will likely never subscribe to synthetic medicine, I think it is very important as a holistic wellness coach to be clear about what these synthetic medicines do. And so being um, up on the research of what's going on, it is uh, a blessing for me to be able to cross the gamuts. And that's really what I spend a lot of my time doing is saying, let me work with the people who have been studying it conventionally as, as closely as I'm working with people who are studying it from a very alternative and whole body and truly miraculous healing of the body. Because there are things that have, have happened with me that, you know, I never thought would be possible, and, and it's happening. So it's very exciting. When you held that particular medication, I'm thinking it was probably a prescription medication, and your body said that you really needed to take that immediately. Did you, or did you hold off, get additional tests, and still are not taking that particular medication today? Uh, great question. I did not take the medicine immediately. In fact, I uh, held off and I spent six to eight months doing various testing and specifically, um, specifically with brain function and looking at other things that were not working in my body and saying, okay, could this be part of that effect? Um, I do not take any uh, synthetic medicines today. I do a ton of holistic therapy. I treat my body with teas. I treat my body with tinctures of herbs and roots. And uh, probiotics is one of the biggest pieces as far as healing and, and restoring um, digestive health, which is another very important whole body function for cleaning everything else up. Uh, but I did not. And in fact, um, really for the last almost seven years now, it's it's very difficult for me to even take Tylenol or aspirin or anything that is so compressed because the process of having the process of having medicine made and food made and all of this stuff is I'm really attached to what that looks like and I just know that that I don't want anything foreign in my body if there is a, a better way for my body to heal itself, because we know that our, our bodies are machines. Right. We'll be right back with Holly Hughes after this short station break. My guest is Holly Hughes. Holly, tell us now that you knew that you had a diagnosis of Parkinson's and you had the systems associated with Parkinson's and you decided you were going to launch this holistic journey. Where did it lead you to? Thank you for asking that question. It has been a fabulous thing to remind myself that the journey is ongoing and that each day, um, one thing that I do when I wake up each day, the very first thing is just to be grateful that I can move. Um, I've created a huge awareness 
of how many blessings are in my life day to day, whether I'm creating them from something that maybe didn't look so fantastic to the person sitting next to me, or whether I'm just treasuring all that has happened uh, in the past and led up to this. But specifically, um, recently I've just thought a lot about how much has unfolded in the past several years. It feels like yesterday to me um, that that I was diagnosed with Parkinson's, and and the big reason that it feels that new is because I kept it very private for so long in my life, and even, uh, not so long, again, it feels feels like yesterday, it feels like forever, Um, but I didn't talk about it. I didn't talk about it because it took me almost a year to even embrace it and acknowledge it for myself, but now that I have more... Um, understanding of the disease now that I specific now specifically because I see how much of an advantage that I am being in the uh, portion of people who are choosing alternative methods and actually healing my body. I recognize that I'm in an even smaller population and that it's even more important for me to create a not only a life that is on purpose for myself but to create a path of purpose for other people that maybe are stuck in in whatever is happening. So I, I feel that I'm also very fortunate because I am really good at big pictures. I'm really good at having a vision and inspiring people and exciting people to help execute that vision. What I've noticed in taking a whole body approach to holistic health is there are so many conditions that are caused by the same toxin. So heavy metals may be how, by detoxing my body of heavy metals, may be how I received significant relief from tremors and it could be that perhaps I don't have Parkinson's disease. Perhaps I just have an extreme case of heavy metal toxicity. Uh, and even if that is the truth, then great that I'm getting rid of these heavy metals, which are cumulative diseases in our bodies, because they also cause memory problems. They cause things like uh, ADHD and autism, things that show up the same way that those clinical diseases show up. And so what harm am I to do by getting rid of heavy metals, by getting rid of aggravators uh, like gluten, by understanding that food dye and other chemicals approved by the FDA are truly dangerous. You know, um, I spend a lot of my time having people question what they believe. And so while my purpose for my personal journey is to heal myself of Parkinson's disease because I do have other symptoms that that are a bigger picture relate to Parkinson's specifically, while my purpose is to heal my body of this particular disease, I am very, um, I'm very widespread in my approach to healing the body because there are so many conditions that will be relieved by taking on the tools and methodologies that I have used to 
heal the body and to clear out the body and to rebuild the system of the body that I, I love to sit down and put um, a patient on a vibroacoustic machine who has autism and watch a parent cry because they've never seen their child be still. And that when this child comes off of a 20-minute session, they are still and calm and paying attention. And those are the kinds of experiences that I've had in the last few years that haven't been isolated just to Parkinson's disease, where I know that these uh, tools that I'm using, such as vibroacoustic therapy, such as sound therapy, um, of course we, we all have some sort of experience with positive mantras and, and uh, mental empowerment um, and, and with the teas and the tinctures, because it's a whole body approach, I see many other uh, conditions being alleviated and, and having that ease be that person's wake-up call to say, wow, maybe, maybe I am trusting the wrong person. Maybe I don't have to listen to this doctor because that's where my health insurance is through. Maybe for the same $500 that this visit is going to cost me, I could pay a naturopathic physician to have three or four sessions over the course of four months and really create some change in my body. And so my path and the journey that I'm on is really one of being a mouthpiece for the many other agencies, researchers, organizations, individuals who have pieces that are working in my life where I can give a personal experience and testimonial to um, the, what I've experienced in my own life, but more importantly, give, be a mouthpiece for their platform where they've got the research behind them or they have the doctors or they have the audience because that's really what I look for right now, Robert, is being able to reach people who will come into my life and partner in such a way that we can create some massive difference in a general population because, unfortunately, with the way that factory-farmed foods are being provided, the way that companies are being bought off in the pharmaceutical, big pharma, and in uh, to me, the pharmaceutical industry is no different than, than the commercial food industry because these agencies are, are being paid to continue to put things in our um, food that we know is harmful but it's cheap or, uh, or you know, they're getting more money to keep it there for whatever reasons. You know, you could Google that and find all kinds of conspiracies on that whole deal. But what I know is that when I stopped eating that food, it was an immediate difference for me, but to empower people and educate people and to be able to work with them in such a way that you can really create, that I personally can create that spark of awareness to put them into action, that is the key. And so that's really where I consider my, uh, what I'm focusing on is my strength of inspiring people and getting them into a committed action where they're actually measuring results in their own life because my tragedy may have been, been diagnosed with Parkinson's disease, but another person's tragedy may be cancer or tragedy may be 
being an aunt or an uncle or a niece or a nephew who has autism that they never really get to see, and the only two times a year they get to see them, they really don't know how to relate to the disease. I mean, there are so many repercussions of conditions and diseases that we can reverse, and as the personal empowerment grows, then we're just creating an environment where people can be connected instead of what I, what I see happening right now. And I saw it happening with myself kind of as I described earlier. We go into this frenzy. We, we, we hear uh, a doctor or an expert or a mentor or maybe a parent who, <laughs> regardless of what their says is, you know, we, we know we, we listen to them and what they say and think really shapes how we live our lives. And so... As I'm listening to people talk to me about what they're doing with their lives, it is the most important question that I ask is why? What is your why? And so for me, that's what I do every day. I coach myself and regroup and regain, and it's, it certainly is one of the most emotional times that I have had in my life. Um, and part of that, is because of the awareness, but another part of that is because I am in committed action in a field that is not highly supported by um, experts. It's not highly supported by uh, the conditioning that we have around us for the convenience of shopping in grocery stores for many reasons, many. I can go on and on. In fact, um, the, the journey is actually one that is really an inward journey right now. And I'm grateful to have the experience and the courage to be taking it on in such a way that I can let myself break down and let myself feel the emotion and let myself feel the isolation and the rejection at the same time that I can embrace the celebration of new research that is talking about a way that the, the brain can create dopamine and um, that I can embrace a one clinic, a chiropractic clinic, putting in a vibroacoustic device that they might use for, you know, many, many conditions. I get to have these celebrations and be a mouthpiece in such a way that those instances are what I'm celebrating because that will become mainstream. One of my favorite parts about this journey is being a pioneer. And in choosing to walk in the shoes that really many people in their 30s, I, I, I feel that it's very new. I don't, I don't know a lot about the statistics. I'm pretty new to the field of Parkinson's disease. But it is unusual to be diagnosed. I would be considered a young onset, early onset Parkinson's disease. And that was at 36 years old. And so I'm now working with 30-year-olds and 20-year-olds who are being diagnosed with Parkinson's disease. And if, if one or two of those young people can have the same experience that I am having, then we are that next generation of inspiration who is like Michael J. Fox, who is taking on stem cell research and created a massive foundation. Um, the, these are the types of things. Unfortunately, Parkinson's is a, an ep, you know, not an epidemic by definition probably, but there are millions of people suffering who may never 
be diagnosed? Is my feeling based on my experience of what I know about my body and based on my experience as a movement therapist, because a lot of what I do that I haven't really spoken a lot about on your show, but the reason that I got into um, understanding my body and paying attention to my body is because of a women's uh, weekend that I went to, and I had a fabulous facilitator there, and it, it was a workshop designed specifically for women because women are conditioned and, and for men. I mean, we, we play uh, roles of, of in a, this is what a man does, this is what a woman does, this is what it looks like, and, and here's how you're treated, and here's how you treat other people. And unfortunately, much of that conditioned belief keeps us from being our authentic self in certain circles. And in my case, I was actually coming out of uh, some trauma from body image and um, from some history. And by being able to say that, uh, I, I was taking it on for the first time. So in my late 30s, I was dealing with an episode that had happened in my 20s, and I, I got to have a new relationship with my body. And, and while I was, you know, doing this for myself, many people do it with the psychotherapist. And, and um, I hope it's, it's okay to say this, Robert, and I don't mind if it turns out to be something that you don't put on the show, but I want to be very explicit with people because I want to give them an idea of the whole body approach. The portion of this weekend was because I had been raped. And that, for me, was something that I never spoke about. I never had reported it. I had never seen my assailant. I had never spoken on it. And so 12 or 15 later, 15 years later, I realized that the same reasons that I was hiding my body and the same reason that I was not feeling strong in my physical strength and not feeling beautiful and loving and sensual for the people who were showing up in my life to be genuine and authentic, whether as lovers or friends or companions or co-workers, that, that there was a tragedy that had taken place on a physical level that I had never acknowledged. And so while... While it also, the, the act of, of rape, whether it's gate rape or violence, it happens very often in our society, it goes unspoken. And the repercussions of that show up in other manifestations of the body. So I actually had done this weekend workshop to sort of get to know myself again and to be able to say, what if I get to let go of that and I get to look at myself for the first time physically, emotionally, mentally, intellectually, all of it in one piece? What if I get to wash the slate clean? Then what would be there? And, of course, what we find out is <laughs> you can't ever truly wash the slate clean, but it sure is a neat, it sure is a neat time to be able to say, okay, let me just acknowledge that that's what I want to do. And so having that weekend and, a, and an amazing facilitator who has a way with um, specifically working with women, it, 
empowered me to take the intuition and the compassion and the insight that I have and work with people to go where they are. Because what came up for me in that weekend was I could say that it was about a specific event, but what really became true for me in that moment of glimpsing at 30 years of history is that this is a chronic belief of here's what you can do. Here, you're a girl. You can do this. You know, you really, you really can't lift that, or you really can't. You know, so we have these beliefs about our bodies, and so by getting through that physical piece, I got to see my body in in a whole new light, and that was when I became much more aware on a physical level of when I had pain in my body, and when I was feeling strong, and when I was feeling depleted, and when I got to really just have a nap because I might just be tired, and it's okay to be tired. You know, it's okay to have a nap at 3 in the afternoon, even though, you know, we never did that in our house. So there's exciting um, insight and awareness that comes with having somebody stop you in your tracks, which, you know, you may choose, I chose, to, to attend the event, but to have a facilitator in such a way say, what if you looked at this, and what if you looked at that, then what would you really see? And so taking that time out for me and having taken that time out, which, you know, seemed, you know, might have started in a, in a six-hour course, but it, it's been really over the course of the last three years, and then having a path, a facilitated path, either by coaches or mentors or people in your life who you trust, and for me, knowing that I can have um, – surface-level relationships and just know that, that that's a great thing to have in that moment, that I don't have to be best friends and I don't have to trust everybody around me. What if that's just there, right then and there, for me just to have an enjoyable time or to feel supported or, or to just recognize that that's not where I should be in that moment. And so it's become really um, powerful for me to have that experience in my body in such a way that I can work with other people on a physical level. I do it through expressive yoga dance. I do it through sound breath. I do it through uh, visualization. And I do it with energy work. And using those tools and, for me, uh, enhancing those tools in my life has led me now to coaching. I'm actually uh, just taking it on very seriously because I feel like uh, the past actually about six years now of doing the trainings for um, both uh, experiential life coaching and yoga specifically and dancing, something that I never imagined my body doing uh, as an adult for sure, you know, um, having done all the training for these things, I really feel like I'm at a point in my life where I'm able to give back. And and for me, that giving back might be just sitting with a stranger in Starbucks and engaging them uh, about something that I'm noticing that they might notice too, and all the way up to having a, a room of eight people come in for a whole weekend workshop where we actually get to take a, a retreat-type setting and create powerful introspection for each other, and also to be able to send them away with tools, um, how you move, 
what you put in and on your body, and perhaps a, a, a few new thoughts about how to look at things that are happening in their life, and, and more importantly, about how to see the world in such a way that it serves the highest possible transformation that we seek. And the hardest part of this journey for me have been accepting that there are many people who do not seek transformation. They are truly okay with being right where they are. And um, some of those people are the people closest to me in my life. And it is brutal. It is brutal to have uh, the tools that are working for me and nutrition and research and doctors, world-renowned doctors who I can pick up the phone and call mentors who have been in the uh, natural foods industry for 20 years, who I can pick up the phone and speak to and, and have edification going on about certain foods that change your body and still ha having um, no change, you know, no desire to really change. And so... For me, it has become a journey of surrender and trust. I think those are the two biggest pieces that I've learned is recognizing that it takes a lot of um, discernment to recognize what pieces are worth spending my time on and to really the, know when I'm spinning my wheels, whatever setting it's in. And, and the same is true on our personal journey. What is working for me might not work for another person because their circumstances, their perspectives, and their choices aren't in alignment with the momentum that allows these tools to work in my life. And it has taken me um, a, a little bit of disbelief and a little bit of disregard and a lot of pain on, on many levels to really embrace and to really do what it takes and to, to follow these paths, whether it's being disciplined to do the vibroacoustic device or whether it's being disciplined to, um, you know, do my own yoga, even though I might not have a class for a week if I'm traveling. Those pieces are the same commitment that we make when we go and see a doctor or when we do a checkup or when we schedule a, a deep brain surgery. I mean, there, it's, to me, it's the same level of choice because I have a 12-year-old son who I look at and, and I know that I get to be walking and be still when he is graduating college. Like, that is my why every single day. And it keeps me very focused, and um, I'm grateful. I'm grateful to have that kind of insight, and I'm grateful to have the leaders in my life who continue to open their arms and let me essentially break down with them. And, and, and then we build each other up again in such a way that whatever's not working or whatever's in our way, uh, barriers, maybe it's a law, Maybe it's um, a certain group of people that we want to be able to influence that really have some rejection or resistance. Whatever those barriers, and, and maybe it's just having a bad day. You know, maybe it's just waking up and feeling like I can't get out of bed when I have an important meeting. It doesn't matter what the barrier is. It's 
change and letting having that surrender and letting go of the need to know exactly what it looks like for me has created so much opportunity and so much possibility for not only the program that I can host individually, but also for the entire field of of alternative medicine, whether whether I'm talking about movement therapy or vibroacoustic devices and vibroacoustic sound therapy, there's many aspects to vibration and music that are creating huge change in in the world. And I feel very fortunate to be at the core of of the beginning of that change. And you know, what's really interesting to me is that there is nothing that I am doing right now that is nearly as risky or unknown as things like um, cell stem research and replacement, cloning, you know, we t- and I'm not talking about for Parkinson's thing in the world, the things that are going on, cloning, cell research, uh, genetic modification of organisms that we're injecting into the plants and saying, okay, well, let's see how this turns out and maybe it, you know, Good for this, but but let's not really talk about what's not working over there. The things that I'm doing are ancient. We I'm using herbs and teeth and roots and and sound and music therapy that has been around for years. The research is there on these devices. The the doctors from Harvard, the doctors from Europe, the the um. The proven history of hundred-year-old Chinese people is is the proof. The results are in on the pieces that I am using to change my life, and so I feel kind of like um, it's it, it's almost like taking somebody's hand and asking them, "Hey, take a breath and come back to where we came from. Let's let's just go back to what worked before when there was no immediate." Um, Association for whatever was going on because I feel like that's a lot of what we jump to right now is convenience. We jump to how can I fix it? Yes, I can be on a synthetic medicine that would have my trauma go away, but what other repercussions is there of being on medicine for 15 or 20 years? Because at 38 years old, if I start taking a synthetic medicine right now, but of course, you know, what we do know for sure is that the tolerance you know, little bit up where now you have to go on a bigger dose. Now you have to go on a different drug. That's going to wear out. Well, if these are synthetic strains, who, how is it going to be any different and do the same thing and not create more detriment in my body? I mean, so to me, it's a very practical way of looking at it where it's it surprises me that so many people buy into it so quickly without doing the practical of actually saying, okay, well, let me try this first. Let me see how how bad can it get before I would see the difference. I think another thing, too, is, as I said that out loud, I think that's really the piece with this holistic coaching is, I can do something very simple, like a detoxification for a systemic issue, um, such as uh, Candida. I was actually uh, listening to your program a couple weeks ago, and I had a huge aha moment. 
in the last few years, I now see a naturopathic physician, and part of what she's doing is uh, saying, hey, you know, there's obviously a systemic growth of this yeast in your body, and, you know, what if we take care of that? Then let's see. It's kind of like peeling layers of an onion when you see a naturopathic physician. You say, okay, what's, what's causing the cloudiness? What's causing the haze? Let's peel that stuff away until we can get to the core of what the root of the problem is and possibly just heal what's going on in such a way that your body has a chance to heal itself without all these barriers in the way. And as we were, and as I was looking at that system, I thought, well, gosh, this should, this could help a lot of people. When she started explaining to me what my body is about, now that I know about it, same thing as with Parkinson's. Now that I know about the symptoms of Parkinson's, I could trace back several years of having the symptoms, and I could almost trace back to, to, um, some really particular episodes like. Uh, Losing, losing my balance and things like that in more recent years and things that I said, oh, yeah, that probably, that's probably why that was so regular happening. And that was the same thing with this. And I thought, oh, it could probably help a lot of people who get, um, for example, unusual sugar cravings where you just feel like, ah, I have to have sugar no matter what. And because the sugar is feeding the candida. So I said, oh, let me do uh, a general suggestion for the people in my in my house let's all do these things together. No, there's no interest in in having their body be better. It's interesting because they're they're just they would rather listen to a heart doctor tell them about a problem in their hip or listen to the emergency room doctor prescribe stuff that that um you know that you should be seeing a family doctor for, after seeing for 10 minutes, my family doctor for 15 years hasn't made any of those suggestions, but go ahead and I'll, and I'll take that recommendation. I'm seeing it. I'm seeing it happen right before me. And as that's happening in my life, it's just creating a much bigger passion to really work one-on-one with the people who are ready to work. Because I recognize that just like in any um, population, the resistance and the rejection, that is not where I want to spend my energy. I want to spend my energy and my experience with people that are really ready to listen and create a path for themselves, and if they can use some tools that I've used along the way, great. And my ultimate goal is to create a group of people who are educated and empowered in such a way that we just spread like wildfire. And and we just share our experience and our knowledge um, as as a community because that to me that opinion is gaining strength because of the betrayal of doctors because of the abuse of power in um, corporations and in big pharma with buying out people's opinions and sort of stuff. I do feel like the experience of my neighbor and what she went through is going to be enough for me to make a decision to change what I'm eating or change what I'm buying at the store or change what I choose for medicine or change who I care for, my child care. And we do it all the time. We we give each other recommendations. But I do think that with personal empowerment for preventative health specifically and when we start recognizing that the conditions and the uh, tragedies of the, the extreme 
conditions that are happening in a very short time frame. Um, we're talking about a rise in autism and things like this, and, and in less than 20 years, the numbers have doubled, tripled, quadrupled. I mean, pick a pick a condition, pick some stats, pick a region. It is known that our environment is is significantly changing, and I do believe the majority of it is is with food. I believe a lot of it is in um, apathy. Uh, people not necessarily caring, but not caring for their own personal health and just trusting somebody else to take care of things. And I do see that reversing, and that gets me very excited. And so the the biggest um, passion that I have right now is choosing in these early stages, whether the early stage is five months or five years, who's to say, um, but choosing to work with leaders, established leaders in the community who already have experience in such a way that they can say, yes, I do endorse those beliefs, and I I will support this workshop. I will send people to that website. I will get people excited about this field trip. Whatever it is that that I am up to, that I'm trying to share with as many people as possible in such a way that they create the ripple effect, and and we have a whole new generation of of people who are taking on health themselves. Heal. We'll be right back with Holly Hughes after this short station break. Holly, I get lots of questions from individuals about Candida, especially after the show that I aired with Lydia Epp, who did the article uh, proposing a theoretical connection between Candida and the symptoms of Parkinson's. And you mentioned uh, Candida has been an issue for you. How did you know that you actually had Candida, and what exactly did you do about it? Well, that brings up an interesting question. I'm, I'm tying this back into my reaction when I was first in Las Vegas uh, about how I reacted to the doctor when they did the kinesiology test because I um, found a naturopathic physician and, again, kind of one of those uh, build it and they will come experiences. I found a doctor who's actually right here in my rural community in central Illinois, which is quite rare to be this side of Chicago, but she is an amazing woman, Dr. Pam Burris, and I found her looking for a place in St. Charles, which is more toward the Chicago area, and she happened to also have a practice out here in her home, and so I started seeing her because of wanting to learn about the natural approach to dealing with uh, the disease and with the whole body treatment for health, and I didn't really know what to expect. I think a lot of people who are on a new path don't know what to expect, and um, even though I understood the premise of naturopathic physicians and how they uh, differ from a typical homeopath or somebody who simply has natural remedies, you know, I recognized and and valued the medical aspect and the whole body approach with uh, understanding um, the anatomy and having clinical experience similar to a medical doctor prior to moving into 
the naturopathic field. And um, because I was mentored by a very renowned naturopathic physician, uh, Dr. Marcus Lowe, while I was in Las Vegas, he was actually exposing me to a an herb called Jagulon, which is called the Immortality Herb. He has called it the Crown Herb here in the United States. Uh, but he's researched this over in China, and it actually helps with my tremors. It helps with uh, my body fatigue, and so I had been using that and was very trusted in the field. Because of having experience with him being the first naturopathic physician, I kind of moved in to see this doctor, but I didn't know what to expect. And when I first went to see her, um, similar to any other doctor, you do your little intro and what's going on and how's your body feeling and why are you here? And then she said, I'd like to take a picture of your eye. And I thought, well, this is strange. What did she get to see in my eye? And she took a picture of both of my eyes. And I had had some experience with this. It's a science called iridology. And it is a premise that every every organ of your body shows up in your eye. And in your right eye and in your left eye, similar to the study of reflexology in your hands or feet or acupuncture or acupressure where people put pressure or needles into certain parts of your body so that um, so as to create a reaction from organs or tissues or muscles in your body, it is a similar study. And um, <laughs> I remember sitting across the desk and she had this big screen and she put it on there and she was kind of pointing out and then showed me the map of the eyeball so that I could kind of trace with her what I was seeing in my own eye. And I remember this, sitting there feeling like a dotting Thomas, like, what is she really looking at? Are you talking about a speck in my eye? Are you talking about a blue or blue? What are you talking about a line? Everybody has a line around their eye. And I could hear that conversation going on, and at the same time, this other conversation says, this is fascinating. Did she just say that there was something going on with my thyroid? Did she just say there was something going on? She was pointing out the symptoms and the issues and the cysts and the heart arrhythmias and the skin conditions, all that had shown up in that arsenal test that I took a year earlier. To the T, she was pointing out these conditions in my body. And to this day, I, I'm really grateful for that because had I not had that scientific, quote-unquote, conditioned scientific proof of MRIs and CAT scans and blood tests and thousands and thousands of dollars of blood work and, and traditional medical work, which, by the way, I had you know ignored at this point, <laughs> if I didn't have that evidence, then maybe when she had said these things, I wouldn't have taken them as seriously. But because she was pointing out issues uh, in in glands that I was aware of, I knew where my thyroid was, I knew what, where my gut was, you know, I could feel the joints that she was pointing out, I could feel my skin, of course. As she was pointing out those things, um, I thought, oh, there is something to this map of the eye. You know, the eye really may truly reflect my body. And so... With very little resistance, because again, I had this scientific evidence behind me a year ago, and I said, "Oh, okay. Well, let's just do what she says. What can, the, what can the harm be?" And so, in that first visit, she had pointed out 
Um, some very, uh, well, she pointed out heavy metal toxicity. That was what showed up first, was a specific dark black line around my iris. And um, that, of course, as most of us know who are dealing with Parkinson's and Alzheimer's and what have you, is, is one of the things that aggravates and has is believed by some to actually cause Parkinson's or Alzheimer's, what have you. So I didn't doubt that at all. And that was one of the first regimens, which has been almost two years ago now that I started on, and did a, an organic, um, all-natural, rather, I don't believe it's organic, an all-natural heavy metal toxicity with citrus pectin and uh, seaweed kelp. And it's actually designed by... Um, Dr. Marcus Moe, and so it was, again, one of those aha moments Well, maybe I met him and had to be told by another doctor before I actually took the regimen seriously, and, and I did that heavy metal detox. Well, when I went back for my next test, that is, what she, that is how she measures how you're doing. It's not how do you feel today. It's let me take a picture of your eye. And so now, in the last two and a half years, I see her very regularly, similar to people would see a dentist or a family doctor. I have before and after pictures, and, and I don't really consider them before and after. I call them progress pictures. So in that first picture, it was really fun because I've been there, like, um, I think five different pictures times now. And it was so great because I just started taking my 12-year-old to her, and it was fun to look at that picture, that initial picture, and to see the progress. It is literally like a layer of film has been taken off my eye because on one of the subsequent visits um, about a year ago, Dr. Boris had said, are you having unsuspected sugar cravings? And I had to think about it a minute because this, by the way, is talking to a woman who kind of, I'm out of the junk food arena. I don't buy candy bars. I don't buy commercial processed food outright. Um, so I said, well, I don't know if I'm having sugar. Like, how would I know? And, she, and so she started describing certain fruits. She said, Are you ha would you rather have a pineapple? Would you rather have a banana? And so as she was describing the high-sugar foods, the natural foods that was part of my diet, it became clear that that's a sugar craving. That's a sugar craving. Do you sit down and eat the whole can of pineapple? Will you, you know, will you sit down and, um, would you sit down and eat a whole head of lettuce? No, absolutely not. <laughs> I mean, some people might. Some people might love to have a giant salad. And so um, she was able to speak to me in such a way that it was, it became obvious to me that I was having extreme sugar cravings and that my body wanted that sugar, that I wanted six or seven servings of fruit to every serving of vegetables. And for me, you know, that, that accounts for juices and other parts of your diet too, but there are certain carbs that are starchy carbs that would be considered a sugar craving. Uh, which also, by the way, could include things like rice and potatoes. If you, you know, for me, it was having a plate of mashed potatoes. Granted, my mom's a fantastic cook, and and everybody fights for who gets the most. But it it, it was about not being satisfied. It was really about knowing that my body always wanted sugar, sugar, sugar. And um, she made me aware of some of that, and so I changed my diet at the same time that she prescribed a very specific tea called Pabiarco 
and I believe it's a bark of a tree. I, I'm trying to get into the research side of the stuff that has worked for me, um, but that is a tea that I use. Anytime that I feel like my sugar cravings are extremely high, I will take that and drink that almost 100% of everything as far as fluid that I put in my body. But as a rule right now in my life, like I just put, I just put that into my body so that it creates um, the balance. And the biggest thing, though, that she prescribed for fighting this candida, because candida is a systemic uh, fungus, really. I mean, I believe it's uh, categorized as a fungus. That it's you've got to fight it from the whole body, and so the probiotic is what I started doubling up on. Um, a probiotic is something that has become a little bit more familiar in this culture. Um, they say it's in yoga and things like that, but I want people who are listening to understand that probiotic is live. It's the good bacteria that you're born with. Uh, every child gets it. They get it from uh, they get it from nursing and the nurturing that happens. The very first moments that you're with your mother and father, and there is a certain amount of healthy, great bacteria that is in your gut system. And then what happens over time is we take things like antibiotics, which, of course, kill everything in its path. That's the purpose. That's what they're meant to do. Uh, we use them in this culture to, uh, you know, cure diseases in 10 days. But what we don't recognize is that the after effects means it's also destroying all the healthy bacteria along the path as well. And so more doctors, I believe, are prescribing probiotics while you're taking the antibiotics to kind of, build that up during the same process, but whether you're taking antibiotics or eating foods, um, a lot of, I think we hear a lot about gluten, gluten allergies, uh, gluten disease, uh, gluten sensitivity, I think there's all kinds of levels to it, but the truth is, from, in my experience, it's not necessarily gluten that is the problem, it is the processed flour. And what happens to the wheat gluten that is in the majority of the foods that are on the commercial market, because of the way that food has been processed and overdosed with additives and chemicals, all of that combined has created, it, it truly is like a glue in your gut. And so if your body is lined, if your whole intestine gut system is lined with glue, you're not able to digest the food you're supposed to be digesting. You're not able to um, process food in such a way that the things that are supposed to work and be healthy for us can even get through. And so the probiotic is actually one of the number one things to get into your gut in order to create an environment that will break down things like antibiotics and glutens and other additives and chemicals that are coming into your body, you know, chosen toxins, whether we knowingly or unknowingly are toxifying our body, that is what the probiotic does. And and it really is, it is it's kind of, it's taking vitamins. For me, I use it as taking vitamins. I have a lot of people say, well, can I get off it? Sure, you can, but, you know, if something is working in your, in your body and as a whole system approach, it's probably something you want to make a regular part, unless you happen to be a an amazingly disciplined vegan who is eating 100% raw organic food all the time, where your body probably won't necessarily benefit, where your body won't necessarily benefit 
from the uh, from taking the probiotics because you're already in optimal condition. But as we know, Roger, there's very few people who live a life in optimal uh, condition health-wise and food-wise, and so the probiotics immediately cut the cravings for me. Like within a week of, I, I did a, a double dose of the probiotic, which is uh, I take one billion. Uh, I don't remember how they're measured, but the, the, I take the unit that's one billion probiotic every day, and by taking that for seven days, and mind you, I was also drinking a lot of water and paying attention to what I eat. And just to give people an idea of what that is, I have an 80-point rule. If 80% of the time I am eating uh, all-natural and mostly organic when available, uh, food that I consider strengthening um, uh, and detoxifying, then the other 20% of the time, uh, which is four or five meals that I might eat out, or the two or three mornings that I wake up and I want to, you know, have whatever mom is making with decadent sweet rolls done, then that's okay. I don't pay attention. I say it doesn't matter about the trans fat or the chemicals or the toxins when we do them in moderation. But the real issue that I think a lot of people who are naysayers bring up is saying, well, it's in everything. Yeah, it's in everything, and we're eating everything. So it's become 100% of our diet, the factor is now not once in a while. You know, when we were growing up, you could have soda once in a while. Now this is the first thing that is available on the corner of the street, at the concession stands, in the lunchrooms. I mean, it's, it's a really huge change in a relatively short period of time of what's available. And so the same has come up with uh, the, the same thing is happening for the um, in my body, it's like okay, if I have the probiotic in my system, not only am I feeling the experience of a cleaner digestion, and I know this might sound sound a little far out there, but I can actually feel my body digesting my food. I can see, I can taste my food. I can feel the energy from my food within a couple of hours. It's, I'm no longer just feeding myself because I'm hungry. I am now feeding myself in such a way that I'm feeling strength from my food and I'm feeling the cleaning effects of my food. But more importantly, what I'm also noticing is the more regimented that I get with the probiotics and the teas, and I also um, do a tincture, um, which I'll talk about in a minute, the more that I do that and am disciplined about it, man, when I get on those 20% days where I say it doesn't matter what I eat today, it really is a much longer recovery for my body. If I eat red meat, I feel the heaviness. I feel the added energy that it takes my body to process this commercial food. And, and even to the next level, you know, when I'm – Eating out, I have a fabulous favorite uh, restaurant called the Kinnevik Tap in Oak Park, and they serve grass-fed beef. 
And I am telling you that when I have food and, and beef from there, it's not as hard on my body as it is if I just go down the street and grab a hamburger somewhere, which now, by the way, I never do <laughs> because it's not worth it to me anymore. And and so I think that that's sort of the approach with this, um, with candida, is that you don't feel it. You, it's not like one day you wake up and you see sores on your body. Although, if it is an infection, something like thrush might show up or it might show up on the outside of your skin. But that's actually, uh, it's my understanding that that's candida where it has become infected in your body, which could happen if your system is backed up in the ways that I've described. But the way to flush this out of my body is, first of all, not to feed it the sugar that it wants because you don't necessarily know you're craving the sugar. Um, because it doesn't show up the same way as other things do. And number two is to really digest and flush. Fill your body with the foods that is building the immunity because this yeast is, um, it's everywhere. It's not like they can say, okay, let me look at your index finger and see how much you have. It's in your body and in... And, and such a way, and I kind of relate it to the trans fat because in our ideology it was showing up similarly. If I see pockets of trans fat, it's not like I can say, okay, well, I'm not going to eat this anymore. It's a matter of saying, okay, can I create a habit in my life that I don't have partially hydrogenated? You know, if there's something that's partially hydrogenated, that's the trans fat. That shows up as a plastic molecule in my body. My body doesn't know what to do with it. And so it's actually slowing down the other processes. Is trans fat going to kill me? Maybe. It might. Down the road, I might have a heart attack or something. But the truth is, it's slowing your body down. It's slowing my body down because these these blocks around the roadmap make it so that the things that should occur naturally have to find a different way to process, and in some ways they just can't keep processing. From what you've explained then, I want to be clear for people who tell me I don't have candida because there's no evidence of it at all. I don't have any fungus on my toes. I don't have any thrush in my tongue. I'm sure I don't have candida. It sounds like what you're saying is, well, you might not have that kind of evidence on your body, but you definitely have candida. Did you have any evidence at all of any fungus anywhere, like in fingernails or toes or any thrush at all on your body? No, I did not. And I believe that it is probably, um, again, those physical evidences probably show up when other things aren't going right in your body. For me, because my body is working very differently and is sort of uh, detoxing and cleaning itself out, that it's not to that level for me. And maybe it would never show up in my body. I'm not sure why those physical evidences show up, but... Um, I did not have and do not have, and in fact, another very common uh, issue for women is yeast infections, which is a form of candida. And I don't even have an issue with that. And so it was really sort of unbelievable to me at first that this would be uh, what it was and, and how I could relate to that. So what I say to people... Um, I'm not sure if there is a uh, lab test that you can go and have done. I would imagine that there is just because
because it is something that is a uh, whole body takeover. Um, but to do some research, and, and, you know, for me, it was seeing a naturopathic physician and having a test because the candidate shows up. It showed up on my eyeball. And that was enough for me because I could feel the cravings in my body. I could feel the sugar. And I could also feel the energy rushes. So there are certain, um, even though I didn't have the fungus on my toes or brush in my mouth, I, when she started describing the things that might be associated with heightened levels of candida, I said, yes, I definitely have those symptoms. So those symptoms were showing up for me before the physical symptoms of apparent to the eye. Your cleanse pretty clearly had a huge impact on your overall health. You're doing many different holistic things to address the symptoms of Parkinson's. Did you see any direct connection between, after doing the cleanse, a reduction in the symptoms associated with Parkinson's as a result of the Candida cleanse? <laughs> I did. I, I was um, very excited to see the immediate difference. Um, I've been going back and forth. I have uh, fewer opportunities to eat organically than I did at other times in my life, and especially over the winter in Illinois. It's it's really quite difficult to find fresh organic food, and so I'm kind of what I call uh, below the world, operating below what I normally would like to be as far as considering my diet optimal and things like this. And so I've actually noticed... Um, not steady tremors, but I can feel the tremors coming on almost like it's from my bones. I don't necessarily see them physically in my hands, but I can feel it all on my right side. And that was happening pretty consistently about three months ago. And that was um, specifically when I started doing the Candida Cleanse. And as I did that and as I started doing the tea, I don't have that anymore. I don't have that underlying, oh, my God, when is it going to be that I, you know, can't write my signature. Because that's kind of the stage where I am at. It's not steady for me. I'm, I haven't given up buttoning my shirts. I haven't given up writing. Um, but every now and then I'll be doing things and recognize the, the tremor is so slight Um and that was happening a lot for me December and January. And since I did that Candida cleanse, I have noticed that that has really um, subsided. You mentioned the tea earlier that was prescribed by uh, the naturopath. Could you say what that is again? Maybe even spell it. That's probably maybe a stretch. But what was the name of the tea? <laughs> I, I tried to write it down, Holly, and I didn't get a very good uh, reflection of that tea. I don't think. It is called Todd Yarko, and it's uh, two words. P, I believe, this will be my best guess. P A O, and then a capital D with an apostrophe. A R C O. And I believe uh, that there may be many different makers, and that that describes the bark or the root. I have to report, I did not get very close in terms of my attempt to actually write that down. We'll be right back with Holly Hughes after this short station break. 
This is Robert Rogers, and my guest today is Holly Hughes. Holly, if an individual listening to this show had just gone to their doctor and was told that they were diagnosed with Parkinson's disease, what would you want them to know? The number one thing I would want them to know is that this is not a one-way road. It is actually a recoverable and reversible disease. And that is something that I say with a lot of faith and a handful of personal evidence. But most importantly, that I am working with therapists that and doctors, clinicians, experts, researchers who are passionate about finding a way to um, communicate with people the methods and methodologies and for me the tools that are working that um, I truly believe just because of the results that I've seen in, in a few short years that my body will completely regenerate and that in this day and age, with the advancements that we have, and <laughs> unfortunately also with the detriments that we have that are out there that I am now eliminating from my life and my diet, um, that, that it's possible. It's very possible to completely recover from this Parkinson's disease. You are now uh, providing coaching to individuals currently experiencing the symptoms of Parkinson's. Tell everybody about that work. Yes, I have a uh, little mantra called Health Goddess Insight. I spend my time doing one-on-one -on -one coaching. I would like to uh, explore getting in front of organizations and groups of people that can hear it on a bigger level. As I mentioned, I'd like to expand my audience this year, especially with the confidence that I have found and the lasting results in my own life, but more importantly, with the... Um, excitement of people that do come to me one-on-one. -on -one. So uh, people call me up on the phone and schedule time. I usually go to their home. Uh, I also do have a small office in Chicago that I use for one-on-one -on -one coaching. And right now uh, I am partnered with uh, an area, another uh, person who grew up in a very small village of Grand Ridge, Illinois, where we grew up, a town of uh, 500 people, and we are opening an office. Actually, uh, we just signed the lease this week, and our group is called Get Lit. It's the Global Empowerment Team Leaders in Transformation, and it is the uh, piece that that we will use as the education platform for all of the foundations and organizations that already have programming in place where we will just really focus on this particular village. Um, it happens to be a food desert, which means that there is not readily available fresh food or produce for people that um, don't travel. Actually, I think the criteria is within a couple miles. Um, and so our focus really is on, on this community, but what I invite people to do is to um, go to our website, which will launch on May 1st, and the domain is Be Get Lit, and that is based on the fact that we want everybody to be the inspiration for a new uh, empowered leadership. Uh, so it's B-E-G-E-T-L-I-T-D-E-T. -E -T -L -I -T -D -E -T. And 
be where we announce our platforms and events and workshops that uh, involve personal empowerment and preventative help for the general public. And what I encourage people to do who are listening to this program that are interested in specifics to do with Parkinson's recovery, such as vibroacoustic therapy, sound healing. I am now doing some uh, fatal healing and Reiki treatments. I do treatments over the telephone. People can call me up and we can schedule sessions either over Skype or the phone. I encourage you to go to my personal website, which is hollyhughes.info. It's H-O-L-L-Y-H-U-G-H-E-S.info. And you can uh, contact me through that website, either via phone or email. And on that page, you can see uh, specific information about vibroacoustics, which is the... Um, Sound Healing Clinic, which we are, I'm uh, working on developing right now in Chicago. And you can also see the specifics on Kivana, which is the probiotic that is one of the most proven as far as delivering the live probiotic to the intestine and also for the metabolic, which is the system that I've used to reset my metabolism and energy and incidentally also uh, went from a size 16 to a size 8 in less than a year using the system uh, for my body. So those pieces are all available on my website, hollyhughes.info, and I encourage uh, everybody to get involved with our um, community movement at getwit.com as well. How do people get in touch with you through an email or a phone number? My phone number, if you wish to call me directly, is 312-810-7673. And that is my cell phone. And I always tell people it's on 24-7. I keep very strange hours. And um, you can never disturb me. So please do not hesitate to call me if I, I honor my own time. And so I shut my phone off if I can't be disturbed. And secondly, to send me an email. My email is goddess, G-O-D-D-E-S-S, at hollyhughes.info. And um, I encourage you to ask any question that, that may be on your mind. I feel really fortunate to have a lot of uh, people in, in my network, and so I'm, I'm grateful for questions that can get me thinking and researching other aspects that I may not be familiar with firsthand. And certainly if I have firsthand experience, I am more than thrilled to uh, exchange dialogue. And I would also like to mention, Robert, that one of the exciting things that I've created is um, possibility of uh, wellness coaching in a much bigger venue. So um, I also would encourage people to ask me questions about general wellness that I could share uh, with other interviewers in radio and television. People can also get coaching from you long distance over the phone if they live, for example, in Oregon or Vermont or Canada? Or do you only want to do that in person? But you you do do it over the phone, is that right? I do do it over the phone, and I'll tell you why that works. It works over the phone for several reasons. Number one is that um, it's a very practical piece. So if if someone wants to call me and uh, set up sessions, uh, we do a get-to-know-you call, and 
and then we just have an opportunity. You know, it's the age of information, and so we can use videos, we can use emails, we can use faxes if we want to make agreements and sign agreements, this sort of thing as far as life coaching goes. But the most important thing, really imagine the time and what we create on the telephone and just simple phone calls really does create a lot of movement. And so I, I encourage telephone coaching, and I've been really blessed to be able to do my yoga classes as well via Skype. And so I'm doing guided meditation sessions. Um, I'm doing uh, Skype sessions of yoga, and I'm also doing uh, one-on-one coaching and group coaching. I now have a, a group of about five individuals who who get coaching uh, in one location, and so that's a great opportunity too. If you do, if you have a, a group of people um, that would like also to hear what I have to say, please phone me and, and let's set up a Skype session where we can do question and answer that way as well. Let me then emphasize, for all of those of you who are listening, it could be, as Holly has explained, her multifaceted approach to a holistic uh, wellness, that you might have follow-up questions like, could you give me some specifics on this or that? You have a way of connecting with her now. <laughs> she has an open invitation. So if you have any questions at all about the specifics, here's your opportunity. You've got the phone number. You've got the email address. Contact her. And pretty clearly, you can do that at any time of the day or night. And who knows, you might actually be able to connect with her live. Holly, thank you so much for an incredible story of your journey after actually being diagnosed with the symptoms of Parkinson's. Thank you for having me, Robert. It's been fantastic to share this opportunity. And I would like to have one last call to action. Our initial fundraiser is for people who are interested in gardening. And um, one interesting aspect that I haven't mentioned is that a big piece of healing is actually putting my bare feet in the dirt and digging in and creating my natural garden with no pesticides, no herbicides. So if you're looking to buy seeds this year, please call me. We have a trusted source for organic and heirloom seeds who is giving us 60% of our sales to return to programming for education and preventative health. So that would be why I encourage you to send me an email or a phone call. And thank you so much for having me, Robert, and providing this amazing show for those in uh, recovery from Parkinson's. Well, thank you for taking the time to tell us all your story. It has been engaging, and we have all been on the edge of our seats. This is Robert Rogers. You're connected to Parkinson's Recovery, and that's what's happening on the shores of the Puget Sound, where all the women are smart, all the men are handsome, and all the children are truly loved. Know that by virtue of the fact you're listening to this show, that you are on the road to recovery. Good day.